Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. Speaking again of China, Secretary Kerry, uh, the envoy, the president's envoy, has just completed his mission and has failed to get China to agree to any reduction in emissions. In fact, President Xi gave a speech while he was there saying that not only would they not reduce emissions, they wouldn't close any of their coal-fired plants. This makes it clear that before the big global summit, you know, in the Emirates in November, there won't be any progress towards the goals that are much delayed. So, Andrew, first, the purpose of John's trip was not to get an agreement was not to get uh, some concrete deliverable. The purpose was to renew the, the conversation, the dialogue we've been having with China on climate. They're the world's largest emitter. We're number two. This is the only place where I'm happy to be number two to China. If you think that's the takeaway, if you think the takeaway is to renew a conversation, the only purpose to renew the conversation is to get to a place, if you will, that China actually wants to do something about carbon emissions. Don't you get that they don't? No, I'm actually stunned and amazed and shocked that Andrea Mitchell would admit that John Kerry failed. Failed to get China to agree to any reduction in emissions. Xi Jinping gave a speech that said they wouldn't close any of their coal-fired plants. The position of Xi Jinping in China is, if you stupid Americans want to listen to those weirdo leftists and ruin yourselves, you go right ahead. You knock yourselves out. Get crazy. But we're interested in world domination, and we're going to take the power any damn way we can. Have a nice day. This is in the backdrop of this Los Angeles Times piece that's out there. Would an occasional blackout help solve climate change? I kid you not. It is a story originally published in something called Boiling Point, a newsletter about climate change and the environment. China is going to keep the lights on and keep building no matter what. The United States is going to figure out how it's going to work on a four and a half day work week with power for three and a half of those days. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, 833 got Tony, 833-468-8669. Anybody care to disagree? Anybody want to tell me that China uh, isn't looking for domination? Anyone want to tell me that America should engage in days of rolling blackouts or hours of rolling blackouts because you really don't need to run that air conditioning? Anyone? Anyone? Bueller? Fry? 833-468-8669. That is just one of the many stories out there. there. There's a lot of stuff today. Sometimes you think it's just like the Friday dump. You know what the Friday dump is, right? Uh, it's, it's, it's called taking out the trash. And very often administrations with stories and information that they don't want to make a big deal out of, they'll release it late in the afternoon, early in the evening on a Friday. Not enough time to get it there, you know, to be able to talk about it on the news networks or the cable outlets. The weekend, not everybody's paying attention. You're back to Monday, you're back on message, and this whole story kind of disappeared. It's taking out the trash. It's what it is. Here's one of them. 
U.S. military confirms myocarditis, myocarditis spike after COVID vaccine introduction. Now, this is a story from the Epic Times. There were 275 cases, they report, of myocarditis in 2021, a 151% spike from the annual average from 2016 to 2020. This, according to Gilbert Cisneros Jr., Undersecretary of Defense for Personnel and Readiness. The data was revealed by a whistleblower earlier this year. The Undersecretary has now confirmed it. There has been much conversation about COVID vaccines and myocarditis and inflammation of the heart. I'm not a doctor. However, I happen to have very, very excellent doctor music. All I need now is the theme to Dr. Quinn, Medicine Woman, and I'll be set. Uh, Maybe the theme song to Dr. Detroit would also help. Oh, Dan Aykroyd at his finest. Can we get a little? Can we? Seriously, Jason, nothing? Can we get a little something? How about it? Thank you. Thank you very much. Dr. Detroit references. Try getting that on NPR, people. That's all I'm saying. There's a reason you listen, and I appreciate it. Thank you. This is the kind of conversation that we were told wasn't allowed. When we're talking about the censorship conversation from earlier about Robert F. Kennedy Jr., we wanted to have this conversation because this was about us. Whoa, 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 whoa. The vaccine does what? Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, what's the possible effect? I was never anti-vax. I'm still not to this day. Never, never dawned on me why I would be opposed to vaccines. I was always opposed to force. Government force. You're, you're uh, the CEO of your company saying you have to be vaccinated, otherwise you can't work here. I'll say it again for the people in the cheap seats. Any CEO anywhere who forced their employees to get a vaccine, there's a place in hell for you. You were wrong. You'll always be wrong. Don't ever think you did the right thing. All right, maybe a place in hell is a little too far. Or maybe not, depending on who you are. But we could at least agree that you were wrong, you were, you will always be wrong, and forcing employees to do this was a despicable thing. Do this or you don't have a job. Man, that's gross. Shame on you. Live with the shame for the rest of your life. We wanted to have this conversation. We wanted to be able to discuss, wait, what's going on? And people said, oh, we can't have this out in the public square. It's too dangerous. No, not having this in the public square is too dangerous. Do I want more information? You bet I do. But the idea that there is such a large spike in cases should allow people to ask, well, why is that? Is it related to vaccine? What else do we have? What else do we know? And people should be engaged in research. But this is exactly the kind of story that would not have been allowed two years ago. And we need to remember that that story has to be allowed any time. There is no, well, we can't have this. Well, Tony, what if we're at war? Well, if you're discussing being at war, and let's say you don't want the enemy to know that we don't have certain munitions, well, then... um. 
I can get that you wouldn't let that information out, and maybe you would uh, make sure that if somehow that information was made available, maybe you wouldn't publish it if you were at war. But if you're Joe Biden, and during a live interview, you're saying that we don't have enough munitions to be to, to send to Ukraine 155 millimeter artillery rounds. Well, that's on that's on you. That what was the, was the press not supposed to report on something you said live? No. But it's always an interesting question about wartime. But that's a conversation about not providing aid and comfort to the enemy out there. This was a conversation about whether or not we as the American citizen could get information. If you ask me, do I care about what happens to somebody who isn't an American citizen? The truth is, yes, I do. But I care about American citizens first. I rank these things. If you ask me, for example, about Israel, I will tell you I'm a Zionist. I don't even pretend to even com- to have a conversation any other way. I don't hesitate. I'm a Zionist. I believe in Israel's right to exist. But the flag that hangs outside of my house is an American flag because I'm an American. I just believe that Israel has the right to exist. Israel has the right not to be wiped off the face of the map. And if that means you got to go about killing a couple of thousand hardliners, clerics, and mullahs in Iran, so be it. That's my take. What the citizen has to endure is far different than what others have to endure. And the rights of the citizens come before the rights of anybody else. This brings us to this piece on CNN. This was nutty. You've got one of their reporters uh, talking, uh, I want to say I pronounce his last name, Kropuchik. P-R-O-K-U-P-E-C-Z. Not an easy name uh, to to pronounce. He is uh, Shimon Prokupek. I feel bad that I don't know how to pronounce it. But he is the CNN senior crime and justice correspondent. I admit to you when I'm not good at it. And when it's a name that's difficult, I would ask somebody for help. But I've never heard it said on TV. and, And I don't have that part of the clip here. I only have this. The senior crime and justice correspondent talking about the southern border. And there are several more complaints filed by officers, state troopers who are working the border following the Greg Abbott policy, the governor's policy, following the Texas Department of Public Safety policy in the apprehension of these migrants. And what they're saying is that what they're doing is inhumane in the way that they're treating these migrants. And one of the issues is, you know, you talk about this razor wiring, but what they have done is the way they have placed it, according to these allegations from these troopers, is that they're making the migrants go to the deeper end of the water. So in the shallow end, you have all the razor wiring, but the migrants have figured out if they go to the deeper end, they may be able to get around it. And what's happening on the deeper end is they're drowning. I mean, this one state trooper wrote about how there were five deaths just in that one weekend that he was there, and most of them as a result of drownings. Kids, babies, mothers carrying their kids over and are dying in this water. And- That's an absolutely horrible story. But what do you think the purpose of the razor wire is? 
sometimes we just, are we not understanding that these people are crossing the border illegally? That they are breaking the law? That they have no respect for the nation? Why can't we say that? Well, they're mothers with children looking for a better life. Possibly. I've only been to the border once. I will be going back. Not everybody is just a mother looking for a better life, including the women. The razor wire is there to be a deterrent. And they decided to put their lives at risk by going to the deeper end of the water. That's the fault of the United States. It was meant to be a deterrent. Cross at a legal point of entry. It's meant to be a deterrent. Just like China is telling you, our plan is world domination, and we will use as much energy as we need to, and we don't care about the climate at all. That's for you crazy leftists in America to do. They've ranked. They put themselves above your climate insanity fantasy freak show. That's how little you count. All of your hashtags and all of your pomp and circumstance and your Kyoto protocols and everything else, you don't count. The Paris Climate Accords don't count. And I believe that the United States should indeed rank the American citizen and American sovereignty first. I don't want people to die at the border. But if there's razor wire one way and water you're going to drown in another way, don't do it. And then this reporter, well, he continues to let you know how bad you are, America. They come across a large group of people, some 120 people, and basically what the troopers are told to do and the National Guard, push them back in the water, force them back in the water, make them go back to Mexico. And these people have spent, you know, enormous amount of time getting there so they're tired they wanted water they weren't given water according to this trooper uh, you know the department of public safety is denying a lot of these allegations say they don't have a directive where uh you know not to give water or anything like that but that's not what i'm hearing from troopers who are in meetings who are being briefed and told what to do they're crossing illegally they're tired and they make demands on us and here's a reporter Saying yes, and they're right and we're wrong. They're they're honorable and we're terrible. The marketing here of CNN in pushing this idea that somehow the person crossing the border is the most decent person ever crossing illegally, may I add, and the United States for putting the United States first is awful and terrible. Seems to rational people that putting yourself first is okay. You put on your own mask before assisting others when the plane loses oxygen. Andrea Mitchell can't believe it. CNN can't accept it. But you and I both know that that's rational. It's rational. We don't want people dying at the border. We don't want people raped at the border. We don't want the sex trafficking at the border. Maybe Mexico should be a better partner in making this stop. Maybe Colombia and El Salvador and Honduras and Nicaragua need to be better nations. And maybe that should be where our foreign policy is in helping them get better so therefore more people stay. 
I'm just dealing with reality here. But just a couple of stories about the, what I can only describe as a, a real disconnect and showing how the left is not situated, grounded in reality, but rather grounded in their fantasy. A fantasy, by the way, that others have already rejected. I'm Tony Katz. The Blaze is running a story about Fox News. Which, it's very, very clear that the plan of a lot of these smaller conservative outlets is to attack Fox on the hour so they can show how they're real conservatives compared to Fox. That's, That's the objective. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. Uh, The story goes as follows. Fox News whistleblowers expose company support for far-left charities. Now, there has been a long-time conversation about the board of directors of Fox News and what they're really all about. According to what Blaze is reporting, Fox is working to provide, um, in a series of ways... Dollars and donations that the company makes or the, that people make the uh, company to the Satanic Temple, the Trevor Project, Planned Parenthood, and the Southern Poverty Law Center. Oh, now I don't think I put Trevor Project next to Satanic Temple. I think if you don't understand what Trevor Project is all about, you're going to have yourself a real issue. Specifically, if Trevor Project works proactively to say, or Trevor Project is uh, going to, you know, help uh, gay youth, and then they're going to help trans youth, and then they're going to do these kinds of things. If they're in favor of cleaving parents from their children, pushing the idea of childhood autonomy and agency, as if parents should not have a say in what goes on in their kid's life. Well then, Trevor Project is not a group that one donates to. If you said I'm donating to a group that helps gay kids with X, Y, and Z, if the company wants to match that, they can. I'd have very little argument there. If you're talking about donating to a group, matching donations to a group that believes that parents are in the way that parents are the problem, then absolutely, I would be completely and totally opposed to it. And there are cartoons that talk about the fact uh, that, hey, you can do this and reach out to them and the parents don't know and, and you can do it on chat. You don't have to do this, that, and the other. You don't have to tell your parents anything. That's a reason to be bothered by what Fox is doing. Southern Poverty Law Center... This is a horrific organization that lies for a living and has been sued for their lies. They don't get to decide who's moral and decent. This is just not true of of Fox alone. This is true of so many companies that engage these kinds of donations. You need to know what your company is doing and stand up where you can. I'm Tony Katz.
The Washington Commanders, finally no longer in the hands of Dan Snyder. He's the enemy in all this, right? He's the bad guy, built the terrible stadium, uh, treated the team like garbage, treated the fans like garbage, whatever impropriety there was with cheerleaders, and basically got forced into a sale. But how does the NFL force an owner into a sale? They could take the team from him, but you don't want to set that precedent. So he ends up for a team that he bought in 1998, I believe it is, for $800 million, he sells in 2023 for $6.05 billion. And it seems to me, outsider looking in, the only reason is that the NFL hates drama. But this doesn't end the drama with guys like John Gruden. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, good to be with you. JMV joins us. He is the voice of sports in Indiana, 93.5-1075, the fan in Indianapolis. $6.05 billion. It was obvious, and it is obvious, that Roger Roger Goodell, the NFL owners, Jim Irsay of the Colts included, wanted him gone, and anything it took, That's that was fine by them. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. You mentioned John Gruden in that situation, too, and the fact that the NFL doesn't want drama. I'm going to tell you what, they may not like soap operas, Tony, but they get involved in a lot of soap operas, and this certainly has been one because when you look at the Gruden side, and again, I think this whole situation with Gruden has been on pause, and that goes back uh, to the emails uh, that was leaked from his email account that were made public and ultimately cost him his job with the Raiders and, you know, obviously on the outside looking in of nearly everything right now, well, he wants a little bit of payback right now. So he is, uh, no pun intended here, Denzel Washington, a man on fire trying to get that payback right now. And he, uh, he has mentioned before that he would like to go ahead and take the NFL incredibly to task. He believes that if you read what's reported, he believes that the NFL were the ones that leaked those emails out. I don't know where this thing, Tony, is ultimately going to go. But again, for a league that likes to stay away from the drama, as you adequately mentioned at the beginning, they find themselves in a lot of it. Let's hold off on the Gruden drama real quick, and let's get back to Dan Mm -hmm. Snyder, the sale of this team. Uh, By every measure, uh, Snyder, not a good owner, did not bring this team to success, built a stadium in a place in Maryland that nobody wanted it, with the sale of this team, uh, as a Josh Smith, I believe, leads the ownership group uh, there, what is the expectation? How much really changes with new owners? Well, I mean, it may go all the way down to the name, Tony. Seriously. I mean, they may end up, who knows, they may end up taking away the name commanders and starting again. It's been, you know, obviously they went away from the Washington football team after, you know, they went away from their original name. And, you know, it may be another change in name coming up here. I don't really know where it's going to go. But here's, I think, the aspect that everybody believes. And, you know, I'm not a Commanders fan. I'm sure you're not as well. But Commanders fans will just tell you that anything, they mean anything, has to be better than the way it has been since, you know, what you talked about back in 1998. So, no, I think everything's probably on the table within, you know, certain parameters here to make change with this Commanders franchise and organization and maybe name and and for what Commanders fans hope, also a change in, in attitude and then maybe get some winning going in there. What was more it? more drama than it has anything else. What was it about Snyder's tenure that had NFL brass and NFL owners wanting him gone? What was the breaking point? Well, I mean, I don't know if you have to beat this out or not, but I, I think everybody just thought he was an ass. And, you know, Tony, half the, half the way to get, if not more than, 
to get to a status of being a multimillionaire and, you know, a guy that's able to buy a team in 1998 in general is being that way. You don't find a lot of guys at that level financially and ownership uh, that has grown a business like that and, and aren't um, like that, aren't asses. So I think that was part of it. But I think most, for the most part, Commanders fans will tell you he did not do uh, what was necessary to make that organization successful. And, Tony, you got to remember, you go back to you know the early 90s and into the 80s, and that was one of the more, if not the most successful team organization going, you know, when Joe Gibbs was the head coach, um, going anywhere in the NFL. And that just came to a screeching halt, and people were tired of it. And, you know, he also, because, you know, he's just a bad dude, reportedly left himself vulnerable to go out there and uh, get got. And that's exactly what the NFL and certainly the owners ended up doing. Talking to JMV, uh, the voice of sports in Indiana from 93.5-1075, the fan. Now we get into John Gruden, former coach of the Super Bowl uh, winning Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a former coach of the Oakland Raiders, gets fired very unceremoniously from his gig. Emails uh, that leaked had him saying some inopportune things one could argue although the details is not necessarily my wheelhouse but it seems now as Gruden has said he's going to burn the NFL house to the ground he's actually working with the Saints right now as a consultant now that Derek Carr is, is over there as their quarterback former quarterback from the Raiders that it may have been Roger Goodell or Dan Snyder who leaked the emails that led to his firing what was in these emails and why was there an all out assault on getting Gruden gone. Well, I mean, it is, it is what you kind of, I, I don't can't remember exactly what was said, but it, it's certainly um, fire worthy um, in this era. Um, and, and certainly stuff that if you're any reasonable thinker, uh, you would say, you know, why am I doing this? Why am I saying this? And certainly would like to go back if you did do that and correct it. But here's some of the theories out there, at least a couple for you, Tony, right here. One of the theories, and this is from John Gruden's thought here, is that the NFL, they were the ones that leaked that out and got that started. So that's why he's going hard after them. And the belief is that that was a part of the process to end up getting Daniel Snyder punted. So the NFL leaked these. Hey, this is all a part of this big mess under Daniel Snyder's watch, and that's why we need to get him out of there. That's one theory. The other theory that I've heard predominantly has to do with maybe Daniel Snyder being the one leaking those emails, uh, those uh, unfortunate, ridiculous, uh, stupid, certainly emails that that he had uh, written just joking around, but certainly uh, would would find a seat and get somebody fired in, in this day and age where Daniel Snyder leaked that out as maybe an olive branch, maybe a, a goodwill olive branch to the NFL saying, hey, um, you know, if you, you let me off easy on this, if you give me a break, here's what I have for you. I, I don't know what you might believe on either side, but as I mentioned a little bit earlier, it is a complete and utter soap oh. opera that I think it's on pause right now for a little bit, but it's going to gear back up here relatively soon. First, I believe anything. And as, as <laughs> w- was written, uh, Gruden was unkind about Goodell and described yeah. him. This is how uh, the ESPN people described him, uh, describe it, described Goodell. Gruden described Goodell in, quote, anti-gay and misogynistic terms. I don't know what that means. So when I say I don't have, I don't have the details, yeah. I don't have the specific uh, emails uh, for sure. But this is no longer on the back burner. This is now front and center. And Roger Goodell, who just got brought back as the commissioner, the team owners seem to really, really like him. 
he doesn't look good in this. He doesn't look squeaky clean. He looks like a guy who, even if Gruden was being an ass, you see, you don't have to bleep that out here. Yeah. Even if he was being a a, a, a jerk or whatever else or, or, or engaging in, in terminologies, he shouldn't be. It's Goodell who looks like a guy who is remarkably petty. What is the take on Goodell in all of this? Well, I mean, I, I guess it depends on what story is actually true here. I mean, and, and, and what angle the NFL was taking and, you know, if they did leak those, why did they leak those? Was it more ultimately about getting Snyder? And that's all they cared about. And maybe, you know, ultimately Gruden got caught up in that net and, and got busted for that. Or was it, you know, again, more Snyder trying to save himself and, and hand over, um, hey, look what they're saying about you. You know what I mean? Kind of thing. So it depends on, I guess, if either one of those stories are accurate and what ultimately may be the truth here. But what you know, Tony, is that, that John Gruden apparently here is not going to go down without a significant fight because that has completely taken away his, his career, and he wants a little bit of payback, and that's exactly the path in which this is going right now. Talking to JMV from 93.5-1075, the fan in Indianapolis, the voice of sports in Indiana. Let's take it to the Colts. They just uh, uh, unveiled those new uniforms. They'll be play- using those against the Browns, the black helmet. It looks good. Admittedly, it looks really, really good. But the only question is, how is Anthony Richardson, uh, the first-round draft pick quarterback, coming along? And uh, what do we think is going to uh, happen at the start of this season? Is the vibe that this is a team that can compete? Or is this a vibe of or a belief that if this team just does one game better in victories than last year, it's a success? Well, and that's what I think is going to happen. I'll give you a great example. If I were going to set an over-under on wins this year, I would set it at six and I would take the under, which means I think they're going to win one more than what they did in that circus of a season a year ago. I think they win five, and the reason behind that is I think that they're certainly going to struggle offensively, and they're going to struggle because of Anthony Richardson. He's not ready yet to be an NFL quarterback, but – I and most everybody else out there, you want to see him in week number one, and here's why. You want to see him take those lumps. You want him to grow on the job because you want this to to evolve and be expedited in this process. I think if you start Gardner Minshew, maybe you win another game, but you're not going to win a lot more games, and what you're going to do is you're going to push back, again, the evolution and the growth of your young, inexperienced quarterback, and nobody should want that. Plus, Tony, if you start the season with Gardner Minshew in week number one and not Anthony Richardson, and you say, all right, so he's not ready just yet, when is he going to be ready? You know, how is he not ready to do this right now? Is he going to get ready taking backup reps and practice every week? You know, game weeks, of course he isn't. So throw him out there. I think we're going to have a tougher explanation as to why he was selected fourth overall if he is not ready to go in week number one. And if you listen to Jim Irsay last week with Pat McAfee, I mean, Jim Irsay basically belted out the same thing we've been talking about. We want him ready in week number one. I know that he is going to struggle, but it's on-the-job training with that struggle is what Colts fans should want here. With everything Jim Irsay has ever said about the team and the start of a season, should we be listening? Should anybody be allowing him a microphone um, at this stage of the well, game? No, they, they owe us a lot, Tony. They do, because they have uh, certainly they have set a bar that has never been reached. And here's what I have said. The Pacers, Tony, a year ago, what they said going in was, hey, you know, this is going to be rough. And they undersold and they overdelivered. That's exactly what the Colts need to do this year. And if that's by keeping your mouth shut, so be it. But you need to undersell 
and over deliver because you're right i mean the fans have heard all this stuff before hey this is what's going to be great and you know multi-lombardis and all this junk that they have not come close to getting to so you undersell it and you over deliver like what the pacers did a year ago and everybody even in the season the pacers didn't go to the postseason seems like everybody was pretty satisfied with it that is the tact the approach the Colts should have this year JMV 93.5-1075, the fan, the voice of sports in Indiana. I appreciate you taking the time. More to get to. Keep it right here and find everything at TonyCats.com. This is Tony Katz today. Turns out 2023 has hit its peak. Ladies and gentlemen, gay water. Really? Just me? No? I, I thought it'd have more I thought it'd have more fanfare. Huh. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. Find everything at TonyKatz.com. T-O-N-Y-K-A-T-Z. TonyKatz.com. There is a company putting out gay water. Is it water that makes you gay? I don't think that's how it works. I'm pretty sure that's not science. Gay Water is a company responding to the backlash that Dylan Mulvaney got because of the Bud Light ads. Well, really, it was the Bud Light brand ambassadorship. And actually, the pushback wasn't so much against Dylan Mulvaney, who's a man, by the way, as much as it was against Bud Light for not understanding their audience that they don't want to be lectured to about gender this, that, or the other. They just want to drink beer and forget. That's what they want to do. The people at Bud Light didn't know that the people who drink Bud Light just want to have a beer that doesn't cost too much and relax from a weekend, relax on the weekend from a week of work or whatever it is. Fat, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, sir. No, it's not. Yet somehow, these people at Bud Light didn't figure out, didn't understand who their market is. It's embarrassing. Just not as embarrassing as gay water. Gay water, it turns out there's a um, there's a cocktail, vodka and soda, and that's called gay water. I swear to you, I've never heard that before in my life. I had no idea. I uh, You learn something new every day. And so they started this company, this company called Gay Water, and uh, they're selling it in uh, stores. It's a canned cocktail brand that plays on the vodka soda mixed drink and it launches it launched this week promises to understand its audience better than bud light now wait a second whoa 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 understand its audience better than bud light omg are you kidding me right now that's exactly the point Bud Light decided to lecture to its audience because it hated its audience, as opposed to giving the audience what they wanted, which was inexpensive beer and funny commercials. If the people at Gay Water want to go about selling their product to people who are gay or people who want it, understand your audience and go sell to them. No one's stopping you. Go get them. This isn't, no one's having the argument. The argument is not that you can create, I don't know, gay beer. 
I don't what however you want to market it knock yourself out you actually think this was about Dylan Mulvaney or transgender or anything no this was about the company not respecting the audience by putting politics and this level of culture insanity in their face they didn't want it they didn't respect the people enough. Oh, no, these people in their fratty humor, these people aren't well-educated. We have to do something about it. And the people who drink Bud Light simply said, But this whole place sucks. That's right, it sucks. And they ain't wrong. Sometimes you don't want any politics at all. Sometimes you don't want your beer to have a message. You just want it to be beer. You know, it's that great line, sometimes a cigar is just a cigar. You want to go sell gay water. By the way, a six-pack is $18.25. That is a pretty hefty price tag. Or maybe it's not for a canned cocktail. It's $3 a a can. You know what? Maybe that's a solid price. My mistake. I apologize. Uh, I don't know if it'll sell or not. Maybe there's an audience for it. That's okay. Different audiences for different things. Fine. Don't lecture to people who don't want to be lectured to. Respect them enough not to get involved. That's the lesson that Bud Light and all these companies need to learn. Sometimes you don't get involved. Sometimes it's not worth it. And sometimes you're just wrong. Like, for example, if you think Dylan Mulvaney is a woman, well, then you'd be wrong. See how that works? Glad we had this talk. Best of luck to you, Gaywater. I'm Tony Katz.